Short game-wise, yes, I can. Long game-wise, no. No, I have not. He's talking the wrong game. They played the long game. The long game. They gotta play the long game. They played the long game. They're experienced and they played the long game. game is back hey everybody welcome to the long game podcast uh here we are this is i'm dave this is my friend casey case good to see you we did it we started a podcast dave i gotta tell you i have spent more time on this than anything maybe in the last three weeks work-wise not parenting not at home stuff you're talking about hey of course yeah no 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 like like computer wise and it's so funny because I've had like a marketing podcast as part of my job for six, seven years. And and uh, for my Exit 5 business, I have one and I've done like 100 episodes. And it's very much like I book a guest, we show up, we wing it. And I went into this like expecting to do that with you. And we've spent so much time like working through the format, working through the agenda. And I think that speaks to a little bit of each of our personalities. But I also think we're in a, be- a much better spot. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into this, but I've spent way more time working on this in the past month than my own golf game in the past 12 months. So <laughs> that should show you where things are. We will get into that. It's about because I mean, it's it's only been about two and a half hours. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm excited to do this. If anything, it's going to give us an excuse to talk about golf every week. And I think one of the reasons that we want to do this is just um, there are so many like you and I starting this podcast is not to have a podcast necessarily about the PGA tour. We're going to talk about some of that stuff. But to me, it's like the random text message that you and I like would not talk for six months. Then like I might text you some like ridiculous scenario that happened on the golf course. Like those are the stories. That's why I wanted to start this podcast. I listened to this podcast called the shotgun start and they have the segment at the end of it where they do it's called golf advice where, where listeners write in and they just tell things that happen on the golf course. And every time I play golf in a new situation, I'm reminded about how like just the characters you meet, the ridiculous scenarios that hop, that, that, that pop in. And so that's kind of like what I'm most looking forward to in, in doing this with you. Right. Well, we love golf, right? That's the easy way to put it. You and I love golf. And we were thinking about names, the long game, obviously there's a, there's a meaning there, you know, off the tee, but we've talked a lot about why we love this game and i love it so much because it's a game you can play your entire life like how many games how many sports can you play from when you're you know five six seven a lot of people can start that early to play till you're in your 90s right and competitively so it's a long game it's uh there's a, a million reasons that that name uh, resonates with me um, but we love golf and any reason to talk about it um i'm, I'm all in but do you feel like um like as you've gotten older or changed in any way, like does golf have a different role in your life than it did? And I'm asking that because I grew up, I think similar to you, like very Massachusetts, New England, you know, into all the into sports, into Boston sports specifically. But something has happened with me as the more that I've gotten older and had more time to play golf, it's kind of become like the one sport that I've gravitated towards. And there's like all these layers to unpack kind of feel like you're, you're coming at it from a similar thing. But like, is your love for golf different now at in your mid 30s than it was maybe when you were like 22? Yeah, it's a good question. I'd say it's more intense. As you get older, you have kids priorities, right? You have to focus on things, right? Uh, I'm sure you followed every Boston sport. And now you're down to what the Celtics, if, if even that, um, we all have to choose our things. And 
spend our time certain places. I don't think that's so much of it for golf for me. Um, I think a lot of people it is. I've always loved golf. I've loved watching it. I was the six-year-old that would sit and watch golf with my dad on the couch. Like I, it's never been boring to me. I, I've always loved it. So, so I don't know if it's you and I played uh, intramural basketball together. You know, when we um, were interns together right out of college, and uh, I think there's something about after my like ninth, you know, sprained ankle and crutches, walking into meetings carrying a laptop, having someone have to carry my laptop into the meeting for me. I was like, you know what, I, I should probably retire from this sport. Um, so, you know, naturally you, you kind of just gravitate toward one thing, but I found golf, I've always loved it. And the more I've gotten to play it, the more I've got into the details of it, which is, I think, really where you need to not have a lot of sports to spend time on when you're you're going over degree loss and all this kind of stuff. It's it, I love it. There's the game on the course, but there's also the game off the course. So um, it's my favorite. Interesting. So you felt this like affinity since you were a kid. Golf has always kind of been, yeah. Yeah. You? Yes. I think for me, I watched it, but it was more like, it was just kind of like, um, it was a nostalgic thing. Like it reminds me of like being at home, maybe taking a nap on the couch on a Sunday afternoon and, and golf is on or like, I'm just sitting there with my dad and it just happens to be on. For me, it was much more about like playing because I, I kind of grew up, my dad played, my grandfather played. And so I would just kind of play with them. And I was always into sports and a pretty good athlete. And so I just kind of picked up golf. And then I started working at a course in like eighth grade. And I just was kind of always around around the game and, and whacking balls. But I, I'm like you, I can't even remember. Like, I don't know, like if you were like, oh, you know, 2001 Tiger, like I bet you could rattle off some st- like. I don't remember like moments or Ryder Cup or this or that. I feel like I'm just starting to get into that part of it now. Yeah, yeah. Also, you're a clown. You have a calendar on the back. Thank you. This is why I'm giggling the whole time. This guy scrambled to prepare to get into this office for this podcast. And in the back of his cat, the calendar says Monday golf, Tuesday golf. It's the details. I, I told you, I love the details. I love the details of the game. Which isn't even true. You don't, you haven't even played. We're already keying in on visuals on a, on an audio podcast uh, 10 minutes in, so we're off to we're off to a hot start. Hey, this is what you got to do. This is how you get people onto YouTube, right? Like You're the master. I'll follow your lead here. Like Joe Rogan and Elon had to order a pizza because it was like literally them eating it on the podcast to get people to, to watch that. What episode would that be for us? The pizza episode? 100? It depends on you and the family moving up to Vermont, which is a bigger conversation and your wife will, will be in my DMs after this episode. All right. Well, this is a great show, Dave. It's been great talking to you. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple different sections that we're going to go through each week. We'll see where this goes. Uh, luckily, you know, Casey and I both have charming personalities that will be the you know the feature of this show. But we're going to get into we're going to talk about news from around the golf world. We'll make some picks for the week. We have a little twist on how we're going to do picks, uh, which Casey came up with, which is great. It's why I keep him around. He, he has a creative mind. We're talking about some news uh, like. Uh, my favorite uh, golf organization, Boston Common Golf Club. We'll get into that. Then we're going to talk about our games, some, you know, what we're doing in our games. I actually just got back from a golf trip in Vegas. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Casey's game. We'll do a little check-in and talk about what's in the bag. And then we have a section at the end where we're going to kind of hop around a bunch of different topics, but ask each other, is this a, a move on or around the course? Is this in play or is this out of bounds? 
And we have a couple other segments that we're going to wrap up with. So first, uh, recap of last week's event, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Casey was locked in. I don't know if it's part of the official name, but I think it's called the prestigious Butterfield Bermuda Championship. But shout out Camilla Vegas, right? First win since, is it Camilla? Camilla, Camilla Soprano Vegas, Vegas. Camilo Vijegas. Did you not take Spanish in high school? You seem like a French guy. I bet you took French. I just haven't thought about him since 2014, the last time he won. So shout out to him for, uh, that's quite a layoff to, to be back on the, on the winner's podium, huh? He finished T2 last week, and we're going to talk a bit more about him later. But honestly, great. Good for him. We didn't start the podcast last week, so don't really care so much about uh, who won. You would have had him, though. You would have had him. You would have been all over him, right? We'll get there. I would have been all over him. So starting in January, there's one golf season. There's the 2024 season. Do you understand? Well, I think, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but they just transitioned back to, I guess, PGA Tour transitioned back to a a calendar year season, which I think is kind of contradicted by the fact that the tournament's going on now at the end of 2023 to count towards next year's thing. I think that's a one-year kind of exemption. But yeah, I think this is something called like the FedEx Fall which is their way of kind of shoehorning in these tournaments into next year's uh, calendar. And then every year beyond that will be the 2014, uh, the 2024 season, 25, 26. Now it kind of crosses the calendar year. So they're trying to get back on the calendar uh, schedule, which they had been previously, but they got off it. Now they're back on it. I'm sure that helped clarify for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically these are just kind of like left out, like next year, the events that are happening November, 2020, for are part of that same calendar year let me just say first of all if anyone's coming to this podcast to get news you're in the wrong place we're struggling just as much as you are with this probably more so and we're confusing you more so but this is why we wanted to do it though like i'm not like we talked about this last week when we did a little prep is like i'm not here to pretend like i know this this is like i'm getting into this and i'm interested well first of all they've and we talked about this they've done a terrible job of explaining this just in general. And this is all a product of Live Golf and their overreaction to that and making the designated events. And that means they had to shift around the calendar. There's something wacky the end of this year, too, where Tom Kim just won the Shriners, I think, two, three weeks ago. And he won, he won that tournament twice in a row, but it, it happened in the same year, in the same season. So he's like the first person to ever win the same tournament twice in the same year because they had to move it up because of the changes. I don't know. It's a mess. My advice would be to Google it and then get more confused. But basically, this is like a fall kind of mini FedEx Cup. They call it the fall FedEx Cup. And then there's you can actually win exemptions through this too, to the end of the year. And then starting in January, they'll kind of kick off the full real calendar season. What's the moment for you? Obviously, this year, we're starting a golf podcast. So it's going to be different. In the past, what's the time of year for you that like, switches where you're like oh it's golf season not not for playing but like watching what's the what's the tournament the time of year that like it kind of gets real for you it's a good question i think there's two ways i look at that it's like the major season is kind of its own thing right that's within the season um starting with the masters in april but i think it's generally around the super bowl and that's around waste management right and that's pretty strategic right they that always finishes a couple hours before kickoff people are Super Bowl parties, you know, sitting around all day with the TV on, it's a good time to get eyes back on on golf. Uh, and they, I think they kind of run from there. But it's become almost a 24-7 sport. It's It really is. Even these weeks that 
the top, you know, 150 guys aren't aren't really there. I'll watch anything. I'll watch any. You you can put collegiate women's amateur anything golf on, and I'm there. I'm watching it on the golf channel, and I have. There's something about just what's this course, you know? What's this shot? I'm there. That speaks to like the thing that we've that you and I have talked about a lot, which is like you could watch an NBA game, and you're never going to dunk it like Jalen Brown. Yeah. You're watching a random ass golf tournament on a Saturday afternoon and you see someone like feather a little eight iron in there. You're like, wow, that looked like attainable. I've, I've held an eight iron. I've had a good shot with an eight iron. Especially when they shank one. I go, I got, yeah, I got that shot. Whoa. Yeah. They're just like us. I don't even want to hear that word. Okay. Sorry. Is that teasing the Vegas uh, tournament? No, not yet. But I just a little side story on the, on, on the word shanks is uh, I was playing in this tournament last spring in May. This is like competitive, your own ball, ball in the hole, like you got to score it. We were playing threesomes. Two of the guys in my group had just the absolute shanks. And I was playing great. And I just tried to like not even, I didn't even want to be near them. And like, it was one of those things like, I was playing really well, but those two were just off like joking. You know what I mean? Like joking about how bad they were playing. I was like, guys, I don't want this energy. So I don't even like. It's contagious. It is contagious. I don't even want to hear the word. Put a mask on. Uh, my answer to that question would would be the same as you. There's just something about that weekend, Saturday, Sunday of the waste management is when it starts to get, you know, because that's like beginning of February, you got good golf coming up in February. They go out to the West Coast and they come back, they play Florida. It's usually around that time. Although I do have a memory of growing up like as a kid that that first January weekend when they go and play in Hawaii is a good one. All right. This week they are in Sea Island, Georgia for the RSM Classic. Last year's winner of the RSM Classic is uh, Adam Svensson. Had never heard of him until... <laughs> so just to show you how serious we are about this. Never heard of him, but he won last year and he defeated Brian Harmon, Callum Terran, Sahith Tagala, and he won a cool $1.4 million. How about this? 19 under he won, right? He opened one over. So he's 20 under Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Pretty good weekend, huh? Didn't John Ron make like a double on one this year and won the Masters or something like that? Is it a double or a triple? I forget. Yeah, it was, it was something one of those, yeah. Anyway, do you know what happens to me if I make a triple on one? Make a double on two? Instant ejection. I'm like, oh my God, I'm already three over. <laughs> I have 17 holes left and I'm three over. Uh, I know the feeling. Past champions of note, Svensson won last year. Robert Streb, your winner in 2020. Tyler Duncan in 2019. Uh, Charles Howell III, Austin Cook, Mackenzie Hughes, and, and Kevin Kisner. So that tells you everything you need to know about this event. And then in my notes, I actually put a chubby kiss. I was looking through the website and uh, there was like a 2015 Kevin Kisner and he, he's gotten in a little bit better shape, the kiss. Yeah, he's had a rough go of it, but uh, good guy to root for. I guess people love him because of the Barstool stuff, but uh, I, you know, I don't have a problem. Okay, Sea Island, Georgia is home of uh, Davis Love the Third. Talk about electric. During our prep, you were like, oh, <laughs> I was going to ask you. Now I'm going to ask you. I hope you didn't research this, but do you know how many majors? Has Davis Love won a major? And if so, which one was it? I, I did not research this. I was I was just thinking about this. I'm going to go with zero. I, I'm going to say he's one of those guys probably that like he's won the players or something where that's like the fifth major, right? But I, I know he's definitely never won the Masters. I don't think he's won the British and maybe like a probably not the open, maybe a random PGA championship. I'm going to go no majors. I'm going to say he won the players in like 1994. I don't know. All right. He won the PGA. He has one major. It was the PGA. You were right. It was the, the 1997 PGA. 
Wow. Where was that? Uh, that was at Wingfoot. Oh. Classic. Oh, wow. He, okay. It looks like he, there's a T1, John Daly and Davis Love the Third. So he must have beat John Daly in a playoff. Really? Yeah, well, Daly not known for his stamina. If you can get him in the playoff, you probably got him. Oh, actually, no, sorry. That was the first round. The, check out this leader. This is a great leaderboard. Sunday, August 7th, 1997. Davis Love, Justin Leonard, Jeff Maggart, Lee Jansen, Tom Kite. God, thank God for Tiger. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know what? I know all those guys because I had some like Sega PGA Tour or whatever. And those are like, there was no one on the cover because there was no one to market back then. <laughs> You put Lee Jansen. On. I mean, besides Peter Jacobson with the uh, the Golden Tee, there was really slim pickings there. Davis Love was about as electric and brandable as you'd get back then. There's this one course that I play up here sometimes uh, in Vermont. In the bath, it's so old, right? And in the bathroom, they have one of these like 1992 like Ryder Cup posters. You know? Yep. Awesome. Amazing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like a cartoon. They're kind of like caricature drawings, but it's like, you know, the like the Jordan, the like, uh, eighties, the like Converse, the famous basketball iconic, but those are my like versions of those. I'd, I'm on eBay looking for those. If you, if you're selling, but it's just like the guys, it's like, like, you know, like Lee Jan, it is, it's these guys like Jim Furyk, Lee Jansen. You're like, man, golf, fuzzy Zeller, fuzzy Zeller. Your golf has come such a long way. It's so much more interesting than it ever was. Yeah, it's true. All right. We talked a lot about, um, we talked about the season. You're not going to bring up the Davis Love Grill? The Davis Love Grill, I haven't had a chance to go there yet. But if you do find yourself in, in Sea Island, Georgia, uh, make sure you check out the Davis Love, uh, the Davis Love Grill. If uh, I'm sure there's, a, you know, if khakis were a sandwich, you're in, you're in luck there. <laughs> Wait, no, I actually did look this up. Davis Love, Davis Love Grill menu. What could be more bland than the Davis Love Grill? The dessert is vanilla ice cream served with a napkin and a spoon. That's it. Or turkey sandwich, plain. Bet you wouldn't believe that the Davis Love Grill is pub fare. No, I, yeah, that is no music. <laughs> It looks like a country club, but it's a restaurant. At least that's what the photo looks like. It's it's very average. It's it's got one major that you forget about. Put it that way. The great burger. I bet they have a Caesar salad. Oh, they, oh, they do. All right, we're gonna do picks every week, but obviously we're not very serious people with with following the tour, and so um, yeah, if that wasn't evident already. Yeah, as we're you know my my prep notes have to make sure to mention that the Davis Love owns the Davis Love uh, Grill in in Sea Island, Georgia. Please explain to you how we're going to handle uh, picks on this show, my friend. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone does picks, right? And you shouldn't bet any of these picks that we're, we're giving you. So why don't we do something different every week? Let's do like a grinders thing where we're picking really deep cuts, guys outside the top 150. And there's some lifers there that are not exactly grinders, but we'll call this the grinders tour. It'll be me versus you. Each week, we'll pick three guys outside the top 150. Whatever money they win that week will go to kind of our money leaderboard. And then end of the, the calendar season, and we're going to keep doing research and figuring out when this calendar season starts and finishes. Help us out with this, guys. Google, get on your Googles. Whoever has the, the most money at the end of the year, I think we should make a bet out of it. I, whoever the loser is, I think, should have to caddy for the other in, a, in the tournament. I love that idea. Let's do it. Okay. No shorts, mid-August, the full onesie. <laughs> you have to wear a bib. Like, sir, this is a uh, this is a one day charity event. Like, no, we're taking this very seriously. Hey, guys, um, I'm actually bringing my buddy to caddy for me today. This is not a tournament. I just want to have him there. 
all right. Did you have your picks? You want? How do you want to do this? You want to just go one and one? No. Why don't you go? You tell me who you get. Well, what do we get coming up first next week or this week? First, can I just? I want to start something real quick. I'd like to do the title sponsor challenge with you every week. Oh, great. So, can you tell me what RSM is? What do they do? It took a lot to not Google this. I had like a general idea. Okay, so the RSM seems like a client we could have had where we started our careers. Oh. Casey and I both worked at a, right out of college, we were interns at a tech PR firm. And it was like, it wasn't like a consumer tech. It was like deep security, IT. So RSM, I feel like, is some type of cybersecurity software. Do you know what it is? Do you know RSM? I think, I hope I'm right. And oh my God, no. I think it's a leading provider of audit, tax, and consulting services, Dave. And I think you're not wrong with RSM being a data security something back in the day. The day I moved on from that job was the day I moved on from that industry, and I haven't thought about it since. So there's something there that's kind of poking in the back of my brain. But I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have guessed audit, tax, and consulting for the middle market, not the small business, not the enterprise. They're focused on the mid-market. But it used to be McGladry. McGladry, and this is 2015, McGladry changes its name to RSM in a global branding. So it used to be the RSM McGladry. Okay, this is going to be great. I can't wait to do this every week. Well, hot start to that. So you're 0 for 1. Let's do a quick uh, bonus one from last week. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship. What is the Butterfield Bermuda Championship? What is Butterfield? Like, I'm just going to make this up. I have no, I have absolutely no fucking idea. I think it's like a, I want to say it's like an insurance company. Sorry, that's incorrect. That's a bank founded and based in Bermuda, the Butterfield Group. That seems like Bermuda seems to be the place. Like if you made a lot of money and you're trying to do some some shady tax stuff, like you want to have that cash in Bermuda, no? Yeah. So that's over for two, Dave. Better luck next week. I'm going to pencil you in for getting the John Deere Classic, right? But since, especially since you live in Vermont now, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> Is that like John Daly? Something different. All right, so my first pick... You already talked about him this week, my boy Camillo, Camillo Vijegas. Wow. He is number 163 in the world. Okay. Not only did he win last week, but I happened to catch a little bit of the golf the week before and he was in the mix. And I was like, wow, he just won. Wasn't he just in the mix last week? He did a T2. So that's a T2 and a win back to back weeks. But I'm not here to pick for the golf. I just like his swag. Like, he has this like all white outfit with the white belt and the popped collar, which like the way he wears the pop collar, like he doesn't look like a douchebag. It just kind of works. Maybe it's because he's Spanish or whatever he is. And then he's got the like the low, the red and white Jordan lows on. I myself, I am a former sneakerhead. I have a closet full of Jordans. I can never wear them on the golf course because they just hurt. They don't feel good. They're not comfortable to wear. He pulls it off. He's also bald, plus one for me. I love that. And he's also kind of jacked. I really like that. He has this like tug on your heartstring story about he's just horrifically sad. He lost a, lost a young daughter. And he has that infamous green reading pose where he kind of would get down there like a, like a little snake. So I love Camillo, 163. I'm really looking for... My, my people tell me that Camillo has a strong chance to go back to back this week. Next guy I have for the week, I got my guy, Stu Sink. Stu Sink. Oh. Stu Sink, 276 in the world. Did you pick him too? No, he's uh, not a fan, but continue. (laughs) I can't wait to hear why. 
Stu Sink, he's just always around. And um, I actually fell in love with Stu Sink this year during the Ryder Cup. Really? Yeah. The Team USA posted this picture where all these, it was um, Steve Stricker, Stu Sink, Wyndham Clark, Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka. And they all have shorts on. Stu Sink is an absolute fucking unit. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. He's a big dude. Dude, he's an absolute unit. I saw his calves. He has humongous legs. And anybody who thinks that golf is not an athlete sport, this is why this guy's 60 years old and still smashing the ball. So I got to 26 at Stu Sink at 276. He's an absolute unit. Uh, also, the hat tin, too. One of the all time hat tins. Oh, dude, I could do a whole episode about being a bald guy wearing a golf hat. I got the window. I got the window on the back of my head. So he's a unit also coming off a top 10 at the Butterfield. He just finished seventh last week. Thanks to Google for that. And I'm the worst at this game. But my third pick, absolutely out of nowhere, he's missed 15 out of his last 20 cuts. He gained fame in 2022 because he took his shirt off with Joel Damon at the Waste Management. And that is uh, the big rig. The 395th ranked player in the world, Harry Higgs. Love it. 2022 was a big year for him. He took off his shirt at the waist. He finished T14 at the 2022 Masters. He's actually a sneaky guy that's been on a bunch of these golf podcasts. He's been on the Golfer's Journal. He's been on No Laying Up. And he's kind of one of those guys that when you listen to the interview, you're like, shit, I kind of like that guy. Like, So I've always kind of had a soft spot for the big rig. But 15 out of 20 cuts, not looking good. Those are my three grinders picks for the week. I like it real quick on Vajegas. Uh They did him dirty with when they changed the rules. You can, I think you can put your knee on the, on the green now, right? Or whatever he did. Was that a rule? Yeah. Well, he did. I think he had to balance on one hand, right? Cause you couldn't touch a knee or was it two knees or whatever it was. I think they basically made it so he could do it now, but you know, give that to the guy, right? <laughs> the guy practice. How many hours in the gym is that guy just resting on one hand for you to just change the rule? And I'm like that. Anyway, that's one of those things where like if you just did that on like a Saturday morning round with guys from your course, if you just if you read like an eight footer and got into that position, like the amount of shit that you would get. Gotcha. And look, Stewart's think when he beat Tom Watson at the 2009 British, one of the great sports stories of all time, Tom Watson, like a thousand years old, about to win. He brobies the last hole, has to go in a playoff with Stewart Stink. You gotta lay down there to Watson. You can't you can't beat that guy there. I'm sorry, but wasn't didn't Sink miss like a bunny in a major like when we were in wasn't it like a 2006 like didn't he miss a bunny and like lost to Retief Goosen or something like that? You know, it could be Dave. I'm not sure. Let's get on the Google machines, all right? <laughs> also, on the last thing on the Camillo thing, I didn't know that that wasn't a rule, but I have this memory of two years ago watching the U.S. Open when Matt Fitzpatrick won. His caddy Billy Foster was literally laying down on like the 18th green. Yeah. I was there. You were there. And I was like, you could you could do that? So yeah. you can do it. Shut up. All right. Who are your picks, brother? Also, check that you can do that before you lose your member guest uh, or something, okay? And don't don't quote us. <laughs> On the matches, I was like, yeah. No, I was listening to this podcast. These guys don't even... We need a disclaimer at the start, start of every episode. Like, I think our disclaimer is like not knowing anything. Like we've not knowing anything about the PGA Tour leading up to now. You're, you're good. All right. I'm going to go quick on mine. Um, your last pick was Higgs, right? I'm going to go from Higgs to Sig. Grayson Sig, number 236 in the world from Georgia. Augusta, actually. Only three and a half hours away from the tournament. So I'm going to call him a, a hometown uh, favorite here. Top 15 last year. Playing, okay, I'm, I'm going with them. Ryan Palmer as well, played well last week in Bermuda. 
number 194 in the world. Kind of the one of the definitions of kind of a grinder. Same with Camilla. Like these guys have been around for a while. I think Ryan Palmer peaked at like 23rd in the world years ago and down to 194 and still grinding. And uh, I think he was a top five last week, was right in the mix coming down the stretch. And I'm going to go with Tyler Duncan for my third pick. Well, you scoffed at earlier when you read a list of past champions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Past 2019 champion, Tyler Duncan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Loves the course. Loves the course. Haven't talked to him about it, but I'm assuming if he won there. You could play the worst course in the world, Dave. You know this, and you play well. Great course, right? So he's number two or two in the world. He's had a decent fall, past winner. Loves the course, like I said. Can't miss. So those are my three picks. Sig, Palmer, Duncan. Lock it in. And we're just going to put this on the record now. Like, um... We're playing the long game with this podcast. Like, this is going to be the Grinders podcast. And so, if Tyler Duncan, if you win and you're listening to this, you're going to hear from our people. We're going to get you on the show. And also, let me just say, real quick aside, I'm a I'm a huge David Letterman fan. He had this thing for years where he wanted Oprah on his show. Never heard of him. You were in bed, believe me. <laughs> you had parents that got you in bed on time. That that, that did a good job with you. <laughs> He, for years, had this thing he wanted Oprah on the show, and he just would, like, every episode make some ridiculous comment. And eventually, it took, like, years, but like, 10 years. But God, I would just like to say, this is a Grinders podcast. We love these guys top, you know, outside the top 150, trying to make it work each week. Having said that, this is a Rory McElroy podcast, Dave. We would like to, we should have done this at the start. Rory, that's on us. I'm sorry. But open invitation anytime he wants to come. He can make some picks. Um, that might be an issue, actually, but legality but open invite to rory um fan favorite friend of the podcast um open invite we got to work through the timing a little bit like you have a job i have a job we each have kids but like if there's an hour we can make the zoom call work and get rory on like i'm open to it he's got kids speaking of that i had my first child a daughter um in uh february 2020 we named her poppy p-o-p-p-y about six weeks later rory had his first child daughter named her poppy so Kind of did me dirty there, stole the spotlight, so you could make it up to us, or me. Come on the pod, Rory. Okay, sorry, go ahead. For an already somewhat stressed and nervous individual, was there a better time to have a baby than February 2020? Um, <laughs> I mean, I had watched Contagion like two months before, so no, I was stocking up on like dude wipes and um, Pedialyte, so yeah, no. That's a story for a different time. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the kids episode. Let, let's get into the news here. The news around the golf world since we last chatted. You know, and this is our podcast. It might not just be breaking news. It's going to be news stories that we see that that are interesting to me. Obviously, the big thing in the golf world right now is uh, the TGL and your boy Rory. I guess the name of the company is like TWRM Management or something. So Rory and Tiger... And some other guy created this company. They own this TGL, which I thought stood for the Golf League. Me too. This is like one of those things where you can't find out what it stands for. I've done minutes of, of research on this day, minutes, and I can't figure out what it stands I assume it's the Golf League, but... Yeah. I guess it's Tomorrow Golf League because the, co- the company is called... Is Tom- that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Breaking news here on the pod. Breaking news, I started listening to No Lang. I listened like 30 minutes of No Lang Up yesterday, and they were talking about the TGL. There's other golf pods? For now. Someone beat us to this? For, for now, there are. They don't have the, ah, shit. They don't have the personalities that, that we have. So, But your boy Rory is in the mix here in a big way. You know, Him and Tiger started this thing. 
Boston. So here's what's funny. There's there's a bunch of these different teams, and one of the teams is called the Boston Common Golf Club. And what I thought was so funny about it, and I don't know that much about TGL as we talked about, but so this is played indoors in Orlando, Florida, or something like that, right? Yep. And yet you got Adam Scott, <laughs> Tyrrell Hatton, Rory McIlroy, like parading around Fenway, around Boston doing photo shoots they will never once be this is like a, i always laugh like when when they you know the patriots are on national tv and they they do that like shot of like downtown boston and it's like Foxborough's 45 minutes away like they're doing all this marketing anyway what's in your words what is the tgl what do you know about it is it interesting will you watch it so when i they first announced this like a, probably about a year ago maybe a little longer ever since then it's just i've been like pumped for this right it's just more golf content golf at night is great it's a great time to be able to watch. It's much harder to watch breaking news, much harder to watch golf at Sunday on Sunday at 2 PM than it is you know, at night, which is why some of these, these uh, West coast tournaments, they've been experimenting with the tour that finished at like eight, nine o'clock on a Sunday night are awesome. Give it to me. The, the U S like U S a major at like eight o'clock on my couch on a Saturday night. I mean, that is in all seriousness, that has been the hardest part for me is like you and I have young kids. Like it's a tough ass to be like a gorgeous, sunny day it's you know one o'clock and you just can't be inside sitting on the couch watching golf it's tough this is a topic for another episode but why isn't there a night tournament yet anyway the more i read about this the more i'm conflicted on one hand it's more golf content for me to consume which as i've stated i'm a i'm a, a huge fan of but i don't know it's at the end of the day it's it's also i saw a great point someone said on twitter or excuse me x at the end of the day, these are just guys standing around hitting at a simulator, right? And so far, the vibes have been very serious. Like these guys are taking it very serious, which could be a little awkward. So it's going to be a little interesting to see how like the competition plays out. And like sometimes these ideas you think are great, like the match, right? And then you tune in and it's like there's a lot of nothing going on. But I guess they're going to have like a, a modular kind of chipping short game area which will be a cool visual, I guess, where, I mean, if anybody's ever putted or chipped on a simulator, it's not the most accurate thing, right? Depending on, on what you're using, but it could be cool. I mean, it's Tiger Woods. I watch him do just about anything, but we'll see. What do you, what do you think? Is he playing? Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. So Tiger's on the roster. Oh yeah. He's play. I mean, he doesn't have to walk. Yeah, it's true. I think he basically like backed into this idea. Like I can't walk anymore. Now, how do I create a league around my limitation you know like he, this kind of came out of and he just was announced if, uh, i think the last week of, of the the sixth and final owner and player so yeah i think he's going to be playing definitely all right so i'm, I'm just going to read this tgl is a planned golf league created by tmrw sports tmrw sports those are the initials of the of tiger and rory kind of <laughs> split up which is weird tomorrow sports a venture formed by sports executive Mike McCarley and professional golfers Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy in, the, in partnership with the PGA Tour launches in January 2024. It will be held on weeknights in conjunction with the PGA Tour schedule. As you mentioned, it's indoors. They're doing an 18-hole virtual, a match play on a virtual course with a special short game area. Uh, 15 matches each last two hours and played primetime Monday and Tuesday nights. I actually have a hot, not necessarily a hot take, but I, I'm really into this. Ask me if I ever watch it in January, right? But here's why. I think the problem is like the golfers are not always great 
charismatically and they don't always have great personalities. And so like it comes off as like they kind of only have this like, I'm very serious about this thing. But to me, this is like a, this is an entertainment product. And what I think is so cool about golf is like the old school slogan, like these guys are good. Like these guys are so fucking good. And so to watch them play golf in a controlled environment on a simulator, and I've been, we can talk more about this in future episodes. Like I think the simulator is amazing. I didn't expect it to be so fun. I got into it last year. It's a very fun way to play golf. And the fact that they have this like 65 foot screen that they're hitting to also, they're not directly in front of the screen. So it's not just coming to like a thwap. They're, I guess, 30 yards away. So you actually be able to see some of the shot. And then I love this idea of like, they're going to play, but then they're going to have to watching Tiger have to finesse a little up and down on a green that has moving parts. I think it'd be cool. I just think it's more of like, it's more of like a YouTube type of entertainment product than it is uh, even compared to the match. But are you ever going to see a highlight on SportsCenter? No, I don't mean like a, maybe someone chips in on the physical green, but I'm talking about like, like if someone has a hole in one on the simulator, right? Is that a moment? No, I don't think it should be. I think I, I see this as like, this is great marketing for the personalities and people on the PGA Tour. And it's going to help grow the overall, like the strategy would be like, this thing helps grow the overall appeal of the PGA Tour. I think if they try to treat this as such a, a serious thing, like who really cares if they won? I don't think that's going to be interesting to me. But I do think it's cool to see them embracing technology and embracing more of like the social media, uh, you know, side of things. The long game on this, we should have a little bell that goes on every time we say the long ding. game, little ding. Eventually, like you'll be able to play alongside them, right? Or play the same course as the pros. So there'll be ways they can get people involved with this um, interactively. It's really cool. That's interesting that you mentioned that. So one of the things that's really cool about like simulator golf and playing on the track, man, is TrackMan has every week they have virtual competitions. And so if I go to the TrackMan and I, like some days I just hit balls, but someday I'll play and I'm like, I don't know where to play today. So I'll go to tournaments and I can go and play 18 holes. And there's a leaderboard of everybody from around the world, very good golfers playing on the TrackMan. And what's cool is I can think that I'm getting better at golf and I go and shoot, you know, 74 on the TrackMan. I played the exact same course in the exact same conditions and some 16-year-old kid in Sweden shot 62. Yeah. That's what I think is cool. It's like gives you that benchmark. Last note on this, like they have the right people. Like the, 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 the who's doing this is fucking awesome. Cam Young, Tiger Woods, JT, Sahith, Adam Scott, Xander, Justin Rose, Morikawa, McElroy, Lowry, Minwoo Lee, Kisner, Tom Kim, Billy Ho, Max Homa, Tyrrell Hatton, Lucas Glover, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Fitzpatrick, Wyndham Clark, Cantlay, and Keegan Bradley. Great. Cantlay isn't? He is. That's what it says on the wiki page. Wow. That's going to be electricity. <laughs> what do you make of Ron dropping out? He claimed he didn't want to do the travel to Florida. I mean, I feel like all these... I know he lives in Arizona. They all live in around Florida, Jupiter area, so... I could see the travel, but these guys are also on private jets every every five minutes. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it. As somebody who doesn't like to travel and I have a tendency to like make a lot of plans and then like cancel my plans, I can understand where he's coming from. Also, I saw this picture. John Rahm has boys. You know, John Rahm's like best friend is Zach Ertz. Oh yeah. Remember his story from the from the Masters? Uh, bring it back to your double or triple he started with yeah he like texted him right before it yes that's right so i see this picture it's it's jj watt zach Ertz, john rom and michael phelps just hanging out with their wives having dinner that's a wow what a crew that is 
Last thing on Boston uh, or on the on the virtual league in, in Boston Common. Again, this is a Rory podcast. I don't know if you've seen it. The Boston Common logo. This is a Rory McElroy podcast. I'm not sure you've had anything to do with it, so I would never criticize it or anything to do with him. If I were to, I would say it's one of the worst logos I've ever seen in my life. Is it a frog? Is a frog? Is it? Well, I guess is it Boston Common and the Commons? Is it the Frog Pond? Is that the connection? <laughs> But like even beyond the frog, even just the the font and the way they write, it's not. Again, I love Boston sports. Rory's like my favorite guy. You put the two together, and I still don't know if I'd wear that hat. This is the podcast I've always wanted. We just get to talk about whatever we want about with golf. I have a reason to care. The Boston Common golf logo with the frog and the the golf ball is like the frog's you know throat. Not good. What are we doing here? Having said that, if this was like a design competition for kids or something we apologize this <laughs> is like yeah underprivileged children from around the world like submitted their logos make a little more sense the frog at least this is just text but like boston common golf is like that's not so bad I, I would wear a hat that said boston common golf a t-shirt right i just don't love like they just drop the ball at the, at the goal line anyway great this gives us more to talk about we will keep you posted on on the tgl i think we're gonna have to watch just to give us something to talk to talk about uh, for this. Do you think we can get in early as like we cover this league? Because right now it's like who who covers it? I don't know. No one covers it. But like yeah, yeah, the long game they're they uh they're basically like That's our wedge. They're starting still trying to figure out the name of it, what it stands for. We go hard on TGL and live. That's our angle. Yeah. Super hard. And the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. You put this link in here, which is great. Um Adam Long breaks thirty one year old PJ Tour record for consecutive fairways hit. Yeah, I mean, the headline here is obviously 69 fairways in a row hit, but I mean, what a record. I mean, what do you think your record is? I was thinking maybe five for me, maybe. 69 fairways in a row is obscene. Seven is like I'm striping the ball. 69 divided by 18. You can stripe the ball. Still not hit it in the fairway yet. Be off by a few yards. This guy, 69 in a row. Yeah, that's sick. Crazy. I got to look this guy up. I think the record was like 60, right? Or it was 59 and he went. Adam Long, PJ Tour driving stats. Like, is this guy hit the ball far? I mean, with a name like Adam Long, Dave. <laughs> Let's see his stats here. I'm gonna, this is going to be work. This is the number one podcast for Googling professional uh, athletes and telling you about them. Who would know this? Like, who would know this? All right, total driving. So he's actually... No, he doesn't hit the ball very far. He's 167th off the tee. However, this just shows like how good these guys are. His driving distance, he, he averages 291 off the tee. Shout out to that guy with the last name Long his whole life being like, look, I don't have it. I'm just going to focus on accuracy. And- yeah, but dude, this guy's he's obviously an absolute flusher. He's hit. Imagine if you hit 69 fairways in a row at an average distance of 290. No, I can't. I cannot imagine that, no. It's like, what did Blocky say if he had Rory's distance? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hall of Famer. All right, so shout out to you, Adam Long. Uh, anytime you want to come on the Long Game Pot. Oh, come on. If we could get a logo on his shirt collar, we're in business. All right, this is a new one. Looks like you added this one today. Rory McIlroy calls Patrick Cantlay a dick. He does, yeah. There's an a interview came out Monday morning, I think, or maybe Sunday night, the Irish Independent conversation between Rory. My favorite website. Yeah, of course. Um, we are the official podcast of the Irish Independent. But just talking about the Ryder Cup and stuff between him and Joe LaCava, he said, Joe LaCava used to be a nice guy when he was caddying for Tiger, and now he's caddying for that dick, and he's turned into an asshole. 
pretty strong words out of Rory. I feel like this happened during the Ryder Cup, right, in October. Rory was furious, had the video him yelling at Bones. They win. Then he's... And then the last story I heard about this was that they kind of buried the hatchet that Lakava went to the after party for at the Ryder Cup and kind of broke bread and made good. And Rory had said they were on good terms. And then who knows when they, they did this interview. Um, I think it was Rory and Shane Lowry together. But so it could have been before that and just coming out now. But um, now it seems like he's still kind of bitter about it. So again, this is a Rory McIlroy podcast. So I guess we're, at least I'm I'm on his side here. Well, look, I know Rory's your guy. I got to tell you something. I love Cantlay. Love him. Wow. Love him. Love him. Wow. When you think you know a guy, and then you throw that at me. I love him as a character. Like, he's like, he seems like a guy who should be interning for Goldman Sachs, and he's the smartest guy on tour. I mean, he has a Goldman Sachs on his shirt, doesn't he? Of course he does, yeah. I love him. He's just, I can't get any read, has absolutely no personality, but then like, once a month, he just absolutely blacks out and goes psycho mode on yeah. the golf course. And he's just an absolute blusher. When he's on, he's like, he's a combination of, I don't even know. He's as solid as it comes when he's, when he's on. There's just nothing there. I like him for the same reason that I'm, I am sad. Like the thing that sucks about Liv and the PGA Tour is like, I love Bryson and I love the Bryson narrative. I love having him on the PGA Tour. I love like just people who are, he's just so into golf and that thing. I, I love all the different personalities. I'm with you. But you need those heels. Yeah. All right. Um, we're not going to stop at 12, like I said, because we're going to keep going. This is great. Bonus content. First episode, bonus content. Bonus content. All right. So we did a little news. We're going to talk about our games for a little bit. So I actually just got back from a little golf trip out in Las Vegas, which is a real scene. The guy that I take lessons from, they have a New England PGA Pro-Am out there in Vegas. So it's three days. A pro from a course takes four people on a team. You play as a fivesome, which was a six-hour round. Oh, a fivesome, I was going to say. Jeez. Dude, a fivesome in Vegas where you have to hole out. It was it was insanity. At least it wasn't hot, right? It wasn't hot. Um, but the cart kept saying the GPS. We were like an hour and 20 behind the pace. I'm just freaking out. Like I hate playing slow. I hate when nobody in the group has the self-awareness that like we're playing slow and there's another group on the fairway. But you know, some guys had three beers and he's just like yucking it up in the bunker. I'm like, come on, Chris, rake the fucking bunk. Like let's pose. I always take that feeling on to me. Like we're, we're, they're on us. They're going to be pressure on us. I know you do too. And I, I hate that. And I hate like... I'm. But you always play well when that happens, right? Oh, to- totally. Striping the ball. So it's five people and it was a real scene. So the format was three courses, three days. You play one gross, you play one net. In this type of format, you, you need like an eight to 10 handicap who makes a lot of pars. And the eight to 10 handicaps that we had on our team, very nice guys, they were partaking in all of the recreational activities. And so just like they were wandering through the desert. I think the only four for three we made from one of them was on the last day on the last hole. So it was just, we just got completely crushed out there. Now, what would you say the range of handicaps the whole tournament was? You know, zero to 20 probably. Yeah, cool. Real range. And so we played three courses, TPC Las Vegas, Cascada, Rio Seco, which is a home, fun fact, home of the Butch Harmon School of Golf. I didn't, I didn't know that. I just have a couple notes. I'm not going to run down through the, the whole experience, obviously. But one of the games was you play this orange ball. So they give every team an orange ball. 
and it's like a just a, some Titleist orange ball, right? And everybody has to play it for three holes. And one of the contests is whoever keeps the orange ball, you win a prize, right? Our orange ball did not make it past the fifth hole on the first day. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely sent it to somebody's living room. I, 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 I hit it once. I made a four with it. It was great. A naughty little sand save. But um, right after that, one of the guys just absolutely sent it. Desert golf. First time I've ever played in Vegas. You've played some desert golf, I think, over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Palm Springs, Indio, that area. A lot of it. Yeah. Not for me, Case. Well, I'll tell you, you think twice before you walk into the short brush or the... Dude, you joke about that, but like the cart would literally go beep, beep, and it would say venomous, venomous snakes in this area. <laughs> and we saw one of the guys who worked at the course and I just was like, hey, is there, are there really snakes out here? He's like, yeah, it's, it, it's too cold for them right now, but in the summer, they're, they're everywhere. He's like, you know, we have guys that come here and they move them. He goes, at that course that you played yesterday, they go out there with garden shears and they cut the fucking snakes in half. Oh my God. Just to send a message to the other ones? <laughs> like, that's someone's job Oh, who works at the course is to go and cut the snakes in half so they don't bother anybody. In insane. What I didn't like about it is it's like in, in desert golf, like there's no... You know, on the East Coast replay here, like you can blow one right and you're just like on the fifth hole or something like that. In the desert, you're either in the fairway or you're or you're not in play, and that's not super fun. And then it was it was blowing like 30 miles an hour, which the wind is so difficult for me and the elevation it made it impossible to judge. Dusty? Yeah, it was weird. It was so dry, like I wet my towel and then in five within five minutes the towel was just like evaporated, dry, dusty. This one course also had like rams, like full, full, you know, oh yeah, rams on the course. I was like, this is nuts. But here's what I was going to tell you. So we had this caddy. Second day they had caddies, and they was he was just like a four caddy basically. But he, you know, rode around the group, did everything, read the balls. This guy, veteran caddy, all tatted up, six two, talking a mile a minute. I've seen this character before. You know, like the lifer caddy working out and working out in Vegas. On the second hole, he gave me a number that was 40 yards off. I, I I lasered it. I lasered it. 120. It was 138. I had a downhill to green. I had 128. Dead serious. He goes, ah, I like I like 162 here, boss. You got to knock it down. 162 shot. And I, I looked at my guy Dave, who's the pro. And he's like, he's like, there's no way. He goes, hit the 128 club. I hit the 128 club. Hit it to 10 feet. This guy all day. Every read was wrong. Every distance was wrong. And I just was going to ask you, like, and this guy's very intense. He was in he was in every shot, in your routine, every shot. How would you have dealt with that? Would you just have accepted the information and, like, just moved on? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be my question to you. There's a lot of different, what I feel like we've all experienced similar things. I think, look, it's my personality. I'm going to listen to the guy, be like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to grab a different one. That's, that's exactly what I did. I'm not going to hurt his feelings. No. I could easily, like, cut it off and not have to deal with it on the day and be like, I don't, don't worry about it, man. I don't have that in me. I'm going to be courteous. So I'm going to, if it's a situation where it's too awkward to go change the club, I might just be like, I got to choke this down because I'm not, I don't want this club, but I'm not, what am I going to do? Say no to this guy. This guy controls my whole life right now. It is so true. Like that's a good part of your personality, but there are guys out there who would get in that guy's face on the second hole and freak out about it. It's also the type of personality that gets yourself kidnapped or something. <laughs> like, sure, I'll get, I'll get in this van. Yes, that's true. I don't want to offend this guy telling me to... I don't want to ruffle any feathers. 
anyway, it totally just ruined the vibe for the whole group. And and one of the guys on the like sixth hole went over to him and they they said about our pro, he said, hey, you see that guy over there? He goes, don't talk to him anymore. Don't give him any information. Don't talk. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I played nice. I made him feel loved. You know, can you clean this ball? Hey, what do you think this is going to do? It was a lot out there. And then my last comment on this is, um, this is the first time that I've played consecutive rounds of golf multiple days in a row with the guy that I'm taking lessons from. And that is nerve wracking. <laughs> we talked about this, Dave, especially when he's like counting on you. We've talked about this, Dave. He was counting on me. Luckily, I, I, I played okay, but I felt like I'm not supposed to be hitting a cut. And every time I'd hit a little cut, I'm like, this guy's over there being like, no, the swing path was met minus seven and this is not good. And he, he wasn't. He was thinking about his own game. But it was like, man, I just don't... These guys who are so good and play on tour at any level, there's 15 different factors that you have to be able to block out. And like the guy who I pay to give me golf lessons is watching me play golf. And I'm like a fucking shell of myself in front of him. Like, <laughs> it's so hard. There's a lot going on. How did you guys finish? Uh, we finished like 19th out of 40 teams. It was... I mean, it was insane. There were guys like... We had five people, and I think on an average hole, there were two of us in there. These guys sucking down six transfusions by the seventh hole. Like, there was there was no hope. <laughs> and did the scores get worse every day? Or? Well, you played the hardest course first. The scores got a little bit better every day. But um, and then, then I happened to check the leaderboard at home, and I see that the course, a course that you play at occasionally, these guys won. I'm like, do you know those guys? Are there, are there any sticks in that group? Or is it like the right combination of six and eight handicaps? I do. The pro is uh, shout out Webb Hannon out in uh, up in uh, Kenny Bunkport, uh, Maine. But yeah, the pros, uh, unbelievable player Eric Higgins, um, and a couple other guys I know, just friends of uh, family friends and stuff. One of the guys in that picture you sh- showed me of the of the winning the uh, with the trophy and everything, I could tell it kind of looked like him. But I was like, it kind of looks like him if he was. Uh, this is not the pro. It's another guy, but I was like, kind of looks like him if he had spent three and a half days in Vegas. I'm like, sure enough, it was him. Just a battle of Vegas for, for that many days is a, is a trophy worthy. So hats off to them. Anybody who has a good time in Vegas, I've passed no judgment. The only crew that I can really like really go and get after it in Vegas is, is like my, my friends from home that I feel very comfortable with. I know, you know, I went to dinner and I shut it down every night at seven o'clock. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to go to bed. I ended up getting up super early because I'm on East Coast time. I'm going to the hotel gym at five in the morning. There are guys fully showered, fully dressed in golf. We didn't have to be at the course till eight. Fully showered, their golf bags in the casino. <laughs> These guys are gambling and drinking Michelob Ultras at 5.45 a.m. I would love a photo of a guy at like a craps table with the bag next to him. I should have taken one. And then like there's guys like in the lobby, like, you know, like re- like getting loose, like doing their swing rehearsals. I'm like, man, I'm just in an alternate universe right now. You've seen that. I love those videos. You've seen them before. People post them. It's like, my dad's waiting to get picked up for his golf trip. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like 4 yeah. 15 in the morning. And he's just sitting on the sidewalk by himself in the dark. And he's got like a rack of hangers with all the golf shirts and everything. That was the scene. It was incredible. I don't know if I'll be going back out to Vegas. I am doing another pro am. Uh, at Pinehurst in March, which I'm looking forward to. That would be a blast. Your first time at Pinehurst, right? My first time. You're going to love it. And that's going to be three months before the US Open. Exactly. That'll be so cool for us to podcast about that. And do you know the courses you're playing down there? Or they put you on your own kind of? No, I, I will know. I'll, I'll have to send you the I, itinerary. It's it's a good mix, including the cradle. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to save some of these stories. Let's wrap up. Let's do one 
wearing a cradle hat. Oh, sweet. Shout out cradle. I can't wait to go. I'm going to wreck the pro shop there. No, I didn't buy anything at TPC Vegas. Didn't seem like the place to get it, but Pinehurst seems like the place. No, you don't want TPC Vegas stuff. <laughs> It's like, oh, where's that head cover from? Huh? TPC yeah, yeah. Vegas. You ever been there? <laughs> All right. I want you to pick one of your in-player OB questions for, for this week. Oh uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna do this each week. I just want to get your I wanna get a couple of your take on some controversial stuff or just things a lot of golfers um, can kind of bicker over. So what do you it's basically buy or sell, we're gonna say in or OB. So breakfast balls, where do you stand on that? Is that in or OB for you? It depends on the round and depends on like who you're playing, right? If I come drive to Boston to play with you and your dad and a buddy and it's a Saturday morning and like I didn't go to the range and you guys let me hit another one, that's okay. But like I play with a group of guys. We play every Wednesday morning. There's four of us. We throw balls in the first tee to make the teams. There's no there's no breakfast ball. It doesn't matter if I just showed up one minute ago and slammed my trunk or if I was there for an hour. You just go play. So I'm okay. I'm okay with it, but I also think like if you're kind of playing a mat, like there's also times where like no, there isn't one, and we're and and we're just gonna go. I think it depends on the the type of round. I'm with you. I, I'm anti. I'm not a fan of them. I'm also not a fan of like you know giving people or giving myself four foot put- or three foot putts. You know, like that's the difference between a that can make a difference of two or three strokes on a handicap. These people who everything's in the hole. You know, like three feet away, two feet away, they're doing the. I'm all about. You know, I'm not like, I'm not grinding over 10 inch putts, but I'm a speed player, but you can't have a real handicap if you're taking breakfast balls and you're, and you're not putting out, you know, putts that you have less than a 95% chance of making. Right. I've also seen enough scenario. I, I used to think that like I needed one. And like, if I hit one bad on the first holes because I didn't warm it up, but I've, I've shot enough scores now in the, in the, like the low seventies where I just literally slammed my trunk and went right to the first tee that I know that that's not, that's not what that is from. So I, totally agree on the point about the the three or four footers this is actually a one of the things that has i've improved a lot because i play with these guys every wednesday we we basically hit cups we we call it hit like we're hitting cups today which means like we're we're putting everything out and we make each other putt three or four footers and i play with a lot of guys who don't and that's made me a much much better putter in say a tournament where i'm not nervous over a three or four footer because you got to make them and if I'm ever playing like a match, like a, a match play tournament, I'm very stingy with giving putts because I feel like it's easier to be black and white. Like the game is made to hold the putt. And so if I don't give if I don't give it to you, like you you have to make it. If you're playing in a stroke play event, you got to make a three footer. And so 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 make it make it now. But I agree. And there's also a lot of fluff in most handicaps because of I just hit another one there or like That's the thing. People it's like the reverse sandbag and people don't get that. It's if your handicap is is inflated the wrong way because you have a lower handicap because you're you're not making these things, then you're going to go complain about other people being too high. It's like that's not what the problem is. You're you should be getting more strokes. You want you want to appear to be a better golfer and have a lower handicap, but you don't want the ramifications of that, which is less strokes. So I'm with you. Also, it has no impact on the pace of play. Like to your point, like you like to play fast, right? To me, that is not where fast or slow happens. It happens in between. And like one of the things that the guys that I play with, we talk about a lot is like, we like to play fast in the in-between parts so we can have a lot of time on the greens and not feel like you're rushed. Yeah, totally. Ready golf. You get a lot of people who are, who are new to golf, right? And they're in the fair oh. kind of staring. It's like, well, I think the rule is you're up first. It's like, oh my God. No, just go. Just make sure you're not going to kill anyone. But go. 
I'm so used to playing with like the three or four guys that I play with that are all like, you know, let's say like six handicaps and below. It's so nice because when you're walking up the fairway, you can hit and just walk. You're not looking for balls. You're not looking for balls and you're not worried about like the guy who's 20 feet over there, like killing you. And that makes a huge difference in, in progress. Okay. I'm with you. I think it's easier to just do no breakfast balls, no, no gimmies, just go play. And then that way, if you go shoot your 82, you can feel good about that. Right? Like, yeah, it's a good round. You want me to give you one more of these? Yeah, I do. In a row B. All right. How about standing behind a pin while someone's coming out of a greenside bunker? Are you in or OB on that? I think it's okay if you know the ability of the person who's hitting this shot and you're not running a half marathon the next day. (laughs) You want to set this up, Dave? This is your favorite story of all time. I don't know if this is the first time. I think this must have been the first time we ever played golf together, but Casey and I were... I think it was. Casey and I were interns at this PR agency right out of college. A bunch of the people are talking, find out a bunch of us play golf. We get invited out to play golf with a couple of the VPs and others Casey and I are in the same group. He's in a greenside bunker on a hole. One of the VPs is up on the putting green standing next to the flag. We've all done this. Casey hits an absolute hosel rocket out of the bunker, smokes this guy in the shin or the knee or some, somewhere in the... Somewhere in the le- right in the sweet spot. Of the shin? Was it the sweet spot of the shin? No, the kneecap. Oh! I remember the... Uh, I can still remember the sound. Can you try to react it? It was the sound of my career going down the tube. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily not. But you smoke this guy in the leg. And like this happened to me on the floor. You try to play it off. You're like, it's okay. It's okay. I just have this vivid memory of like, this guy did not play it off well. And it was something like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Made a lot of mention about the, I think he was running in like a, a 10K the next day. Shout out Ted though. Apologies. Ted, if you're listening you remember this story. He's like, yeah, man, I've had horrific arthritis in my right knee ever since then. <laughs> but not just, just the perfect, like, like, I think it was like the 16th or 17th hole too. I was like, I got through this round without really offending anyone or, or, you know, keep my job and then bam, but look, don't stand behind the flag. It's just funny. Yeah. Even if you know who's coming out of the bunker. I think it was lack of awareness. Even if Tiger is hitting out of that bunker, like, why would you be staying there? But the point of the story is it's just it's it's just gets funnier to me as we get older to think about like the nervous intern hitting, you know, inflicting pain on like the seasoned <laughs> VP on the golf course with a shank is just great. And it not being like it's cool, don't worry about it. It was like I'm in some serious trouble here. This is awkward. <laughs> like this is one of the things that I love about that I love about golf though is like it really brings out you could think somebody is one way in person, in work, in real life. And then like you get them on the golf course and watch them swing a golf club. Like there's this guy that I know and he's this very, he plays in a band. He's got long hair and a ponytail. He just seems like a, a hippie, like stoner type of guy on the golf course, dude, this guy smashes clubs. He throws balls into the water. He likes doosh, 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 doosh like into his bag, like four or five, six times around. And I'm like, man, this is like, I hate that. And I hate that guy for doing that. But this is what I love about golf. It brings out this like, this person in you that I'm like, oh, that's who that guy really was. Or even somebody like, take a great athlete. Like I remember on Instagram, I saw like Dwayne Wade getting into golf and trying to swing a golf club. And he's like one of the most athletic people ever. And he looks like a complete clown trying to swing a golf club. These are the things that I love about the game of golf that you don't really get anywhere else. 
Okay, unfortunately, we got to wrap, but this is it. This is the long game podcast. This is we're doing this for the long game. Casey and I are doing this podcast, whether you listen to it or not. It's fun. If you listen to it, I need you to go to Twitter and I need you to tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Dave Gerhardt. Casey's Ford PR. You can those Twitter handles are in the notes here. We want to start getting other people's golf stories. Send us some feedback about this episode. But we'll be here back next week. We'll recap the RSM. Do we know what's what's up after the R? <laughs> what's what's next on the list? Let me see what's after the. Oh, we got the hero. You know, I think it's the, that's Tiger's tournament in uh, the Hero World Challenge, baby. In the Bahamas, right? So Tiger, rumor has it he might be making an appearance there. So we'll see. All right, so that'll do it. I'm Dave. That's Casey. This is a long game podcast. We'll see you on the next episode.